Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Apple and Skydance Animation's Luck. Keep calm and leprechaun. Top of the morning to ya. My name is Nathaniel, and this is our spoiler-free review for Apple and Skydance Animation's Luck. Uh, I can do that because I am Irish. Uh, special thanks, as always, to all the lucky people at Apple for giving us the opportunity to watch this movie early. Uh, before we get started, if you are joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys, and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Uh, lucky enough for me, I'm not alone on this review. Joining me for this one, he's like a jubilant jam jar of just joyous jollification. He's Justin, the giant leprechaun, Lawrence. Yes, I am a giant leprechaun. I would be walking around <laughs> like a giant in that place. Uh, oh, how dude. many J's was that? You got just crammed into that. I got, it's, I got a bunch. I got a bunch. I thought yeah. I was doing pretty good there. I, not as many times nice. as I'm probably going to say the word luck or lucky in this uh, <laughs> in this review, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. definitely a lot of J's. Uh, and listen, you just heard her letting out a a joyous, uh, jubilant laugh. <laughs> uh, we've got for her first official spoiler-free review with us on the podcast uh, someone who could. Break a mirror magnificently, meanwhile manifesting a mystic money mountain. She's our own Megan Moonstone, Clara. Wow, Moonstone. I was trying to think of like a a lucky thing. I don't know. I don't know. I was looking up. (laughs) I literally looked up like M M words and J words that uh, are like to do with luck. And nothing came up. Nothing came up at all. So I just started making stuff up. Rightfully so. We're going to make Moonstone a lucky thing. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, well, if you can't tell already, the movie we're reviewing here has a lot of objects in it uh, that bring good luck. I wanted to ask both of you, do either of you have uh, like an item or a trinket or a token that brings you good luck? Mm. I don't know if my wife counts, but she's, <laughs> she's pretty much my, my lucky charm. So Yeah, always, like whenever you, whenever you like buy like um, random... You know, because we get all these vinyls, right? So, like, if you bought, like, yeah. a random uh, mystery box vinyl, she's the one choosing it? <laughs> Probably, yep. Or uh, yeah. she's usually the one that chooses our lottery tickets that uh, inevitably, they don't win us the lottery, but they, they get us forward. You know, we might win hey, a free ticket go. here. There you, you know, go. Uh, you know, so 10 bucks here. So, it's, that's nice. I, I always say she's my lucky charm. She'd say the Aww. same thing about me, but that's that's, that's the lovely. cheesy answer. Meg, how about you? Um, for me actually i have a couple of um their green quartz crystals in my purse that sounds so hippy dippy of me but it's true (laughs) and um i find that they if i'm not in a good mood or i'm out and about and things are just like not going my way and i reach into my purse and i feel them it sort of makes me stop and take a breath and go, you know what? You can choose your attitude towards all these things. So if I'm in rush hour and there's people cutting me off or whatever, I can choose to say, you know what? If that person's in a hurry, I'm gonna give them their space. I will get to where I need to be when I get there, all is well. And it's kind of a nice reminder to to put things into perspective. So those are my little lucky charms. 
I carry two buds of green all the time that uh, <laughs> change my perspective on different things, kinds. So. I actually carry yes. something. I carry something green with me as well. I actually have a lucky Yoda, uh, a 1970s uh, vintage Yoda figure uh, that I actually carry with me, and I keep him with me whenever I'm traveling. And he seems Aww. to help me uh, do more than do not. So I find that uh, oftentimes he hmm. he does work. Uh, and uh, and it's 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 funny, you know, all of you sort of mentioning. Um, a different way to look at these items and uh, and the perspective they bring, and I think this movie uh, does a really cool job of of sort of hammering home and emphasizing uh, that aspect about the ideas around uh, luck. But before we before we shine our pennies, I'm going to give uh, our listeners the rundown on the movie itself. Uh, from Apple Original Films and Skydance Animation comes the story of Sam Greenfield. Uh, the unluckiest person in the world. Suddenly finding herself in the never-before-seen land of luck, she must unite with the magical creatures there to turn her luck around. Uh, the movie is directed by Peggy Holmes, written by uh, Kiel Murray, and is produced by David Ellison, Dana Goldberg, David Eisenman, uh, and fans of Pixar might recognize this last name here, John Lasseter. Uh, the movie has uh, a wonderful cast as well, including Jane Fonda, Whoopi Goldberg, Flula Borg, Lil Ray Howery, Colin O'Donohue, John Ratzenberger, uh, again, another Pixar alum, uh, and uh, Adeline Spoon, as well as Simon Pegg as Bob the Black Cat and Eva, Eva Noblezada as Sam. Uh, the movie will be available exclusively on Apple TV Plus on August 5th. So let's uh, let's just get right to it. Um, I think for me, the biggest highlight I noticed right away with this movie was the voice cast. I think the voice cast was oh, yeah. killer. I think they they all played their roles wonderfully for for me. And I was I think I was instantly bought in uh, right at the beginning of the movie. There's a um, little girl named Hazel who's played by Adeline Spoon. And her her little voice cracks. She says like a line. She's like, "Go go for it, you know, go for it in the chorus or something." They're like filming a TikTok or something. And I was just like, "Okay, I'm gonna cry at some point in this movie." Because <laughs> I mean, you know, Boo in Monsters Inc. Like, if you've got like a really cute kid in your movie, you got me. You got me it's in. Done. So 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 adorable. Uh, what did you guys think of the the cast in this movie? Oh, they were fantastic. Um, Simon Pegg is a favorite of mine in some of the previous works he's done that are not uh, voice acting. So it was cool to see him in a role like that. And he was so fun to follow along with. Um, I also loved, I'm sorry, I forget her name already, um, the the main girl who was Sam Greenfield. Yeah, Eva Noblezada. She had a beautiful voice, oh my perfect gosh, yeah. for voice acting. And I actually looked her up on IMDb and she hasn't done a huge handful of things. She's done maybe a few movies or series, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, she was fantastic. She did a wonderful, wonderful job. I felt she was so, um, she's such a heartwarming and like selfless character throughout the movie. Yeah. And like her voice was, it, it made it instantly believable. Like, like normally a character like that, you're kind of you have to stretch your your imagination or, or stretch your sense of reality to sort of be like, okay, that kind of person can exist. Unfortunately, um, you know, even even in a, a, a movie aimed at, at kids, but I think I I just I loved seeing her challenge the bad luck she was faced with over and over again in the movie. Um, she's got like a, a lot of spirit, a lot of like gusto, uh, and yeah, also a phenomenal voice, but also phenomenal hair. Like I was like, how? Is, like she's the unluckiest person in the world, but look at her hair. Like it's, 
gorgeous. I don't know. Yeah, I think Eva Noblezato uh, did a great job as uh, Sam Greenfield because she had to carry uh, this movie very much. Uh, on her shoulders, her character was definitely the defining character of of this movie, along with with Simon Pegg. I really liked uh, Flula Borg. I thought oh my god! Oh, so uh, funny. <laughs> he was he was such a he was such a great addition. I wish I wish there was more of him yeah. uh, in the movie, um, especially him with. Uh, uh, Babe the Dragon, uh, played by Jane Fonda, which I thought was 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 really great to have. Again, the voice cast is probably the highlight of of this movie. However, I don't know how many more highlights there are to this to this movie overall. Outside of that, I mean, I I will say it's it's funny because I think every time I sort of felt uh, to what you're describing, Justin, of sort of like this sort of you know, the critic hat kind of pops on on my head and I, I start to look at the movie critically, even though, again, and we just talked about this with our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles review of, like, we're we're how old and we're reviewing, you know, this cartoon that is aimed at a, a, a younger audience. Um, but I think knowing the experience we've had with animation, I think that's some of the things that I, I start to take in uh, as we're critically looking at these movies more and more is, is the better works that are out there. Um, but I will say, when Flula Borg pops up as Jeff the Unicorn, and he's got a mullet and a mustache, mm-hmm. and he's got all these Flula-isms that I just absolutely yeah. adore. I just mentioned in our previous uh, This Week in Geek about how I watched both seasons of Centaur World, and he plays a, a Moltar, which is a mole centaur in, this, in that <laughs> series. And he's, it's the same thing. Like he's, he's, just, he's the same Flula, and it's so fantastic. Um, between those moments, or like... John Ratzenberger is uh, in this movie, and uh, I'm not going to reveal who for he plays. I'm going to keep that. Uh, I mean, yeah, for a little bit, but even when he is, like, I don't know. If you're wondering where he's been in recent Pixar entries, uh, he's been in the land of luck. So um, I will say, hearing his character felt like hearing an old friend again for the first time. Yeah. And it kind of was just like lovely and gave me the warm fuzzies. And I think this movie you know, even a little bit beyond its voice cast, managed to do that uh, a bunch of times. I think it's extremely original uh, in its premise, in its world building, uh, and especially in its characters, I think. Yeah. I One thing I thought was really sweet, and one of the big things I pulled out of the end of it was um, the story. Like, it's so hopeful and heartwarming, mm-hmm. really joyful and silly at times. And I think it comes with a really grounded message that pretty much anybody of any age can relate to some point in this movie. Um, And I thought it brought the idea of a chosen family home to a really sweet, like a sweet film. That's it really is aimed at like younger audiences, preteens, that sort of um, age group. So I think it did a really good job with that. I th- I think that's where I'm going to be the negative one here because I oh, think no. that, yeah I think that that's where it lost me I think that it tries to do too much with its story and there's such there's so many great elements like I love the story about the chosen family and and how we're introduced to Sam and her relationship with Hazel and and all of that I wish we had stuck with that a lot more and had mm. maybe that as the basis of luck this whole world building of luck falls short for me it feels like it's trying too hard to be like the worlds that we've already seen from other Pixar movies that have done it better with less explaining, more visual interpretation. And, you know, again, there's so much handholding and and explanation that goes into this that I think 
to define this world of luck that I think it, it actually loses kids. Like, I don't think it actually does speak to kids as much because there's so much explaining that goes on. I, I think for, for kids, they might get a little confused and they might find some things to, 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 to kind of cling to. But if you're more of like the, the teens or, or getting into the teens, I'm wondering if they're just going to think really at the end of the day that this movie just is a lesser version of things that they've, they already have seen like monsters Inc or, or, or inside out. Well, I mean, this is, this is brought to us from uh, Kiel Murray who has written on both Raya uh, and cars. And I think when I think about, you know, some of my, maybe not with cars so much because they have had three entries, but with Raya, um, one of my complaints with Raya was that we didn't get to spend enough time in the different parts of uh, Kumandra and the different areas and, and all the sort of really inventive and creative parts of that world. And I, I get what you're saying, Justin. I did feel uh, like this sort of had that as well. I just felt, though, like, again, the the initial things they introduce in the movie are so... Um, I, don't, I don't know. They're just so... They're Pixar-esque. Uh, creative. Yes, they're Pixar-esque. Like, they're, there's... Like, okay, I just... Like, I love the different creative jobs that all the creatures have. I love the way that they confidently just walk onto floating platforms because they're just always that lucky. And then I think the one of the biggest highlights, but I, I get what you're saying, that kids could get a little lost here. Um, like, I love the different departments of good luck, like happy accidents or front row parking spot. Like, those are things that as an adult, uh, I totally would connect with, right? And I think parents will connect with those parts as well. Um, I just, you're right. I think some of those really creative aspects um, that have to be explained throughout the movie might lose kids a little bit. Absolutely. And I can totally understand, absolutely agree with you in the fact that there's so much exposition in this movie. It it definitely lost me at some points. It felt really slow. Um, mm -hmm. It's just sort of like the cat explaining to Sam all these different exactly. reasons as to why they're doing a thing or they walk up to an elevator and she's like, where does this go? And he has to explain as if you've exactly. never been there before and you don't need yeah. all of that. You can do it sometimes, but as often as well, they like, did, it was annoying. <laughs> look at something like Monsters, Inc., right? Like when we were first introduced to that world, there was some explaining, but most of the movie, it was very digestive in the sense that we were able to take, okay, this is what this is like. This is what this is like without necessarily having to have explaining. There was things that needed to be explained very quintessentially to the story. Here, everything seems to just be guided by Simon Pegg, who in my opinion is used more as an exposition tool rather than just being comedic. Like there's some interesting parallels that they that they draw between him and and Sam, but I think at the end of the day, this the the story is where it kind of lost me. There, there was such potential. I, I I think that the way it introduced the relationship uh, of Sam and and Hazel and and the importance of you know where her where she comes from and found family that theme. I love that. I thought, oh okay, this is cool. But then it just gets lost in this whole other th story, and you, you get two worlds. You get luck and bad luck. But they don't really build out bad luck. Like what? What yeah. happened with that? Like yeah. you didn't really get any explanation to it or, or any definition to it. It was just there because if there is good luck, there's bad luck. It's just it. it some things fell very short from from even being fully fleshed fleshed out and explained. That I think you know. Again, if you're a kid or if you're an adult, we deserve better. We deserve a more. Uh, rounded, refined story that focuses on the characters rather than 
uh, a necessity of of world building just for the sake of it. Yeah, like I agree with you, Megan. Like I think the moral is really strong. The found family, the fact that Sam comes from an orphanage, which I don't think is, uh, you know, overtly explored. Obviously, there's other <laughs> stories with orphanages in them that we could name, but um, but I think that. You know, I think it's a, a good, a really wonderful message to share with with kids. And I think the the message involving good and bad luck is really heartwarming. And I think they did manage to still pull off, you know, expl- telling that message, even if the overall story uh, got a little lost in itself. I think it does sort of fall into the trap that I think a lot of animated movies aimed at kids do. And that's really a misbalanced use of its runtime. I think a lot of these kinds of movies, they do the thing where it's like we get to the last 30 minutes of the movie and then it's a rush to the finish. Like it's a rush to the finish and we don't get to actually spend time in the resolution of the movie. And I, 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 you know, obviously Pixar and DreamWorks, they're masters uh, of doing this and Skydance, you know, they are not at the the same pedigree. I think, we, you know, they would even admit that. Um, So I, I feel like they kind of have to find a way to to get out of the the thirty minute rush to the finish uh, sort of thing that that a lot of these animated movies do. And I think yeah, there's a section of the land of luck, the bad luck area that they they highlight, but they stay in for such a short period of time. It felt like those characters could have been explored and 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 oh, yeah. fleshed out more and meant something a little more than just the explanations that we kept getting from Bob. Absolutely. And I'll also just like coming from the world I'm in, um, talk about a technical aspect that they in in the world of animation hit with all, all the creatures, in my opinion, but not so much with the human character who was our yeah. main character. Yeah. Her expressions were not fleshed out Static. well. Yeah. Her her mouth didn't really move a lot and Sterile. her eyes yeah. didn't match what she was saying. Like the expression was quite weak. Um but the care the the um sorry, the creatures, the the bunnies, the cats, the pigs, the mm-hmm. unicorn, the dragon were amazing. Like they had all of those what you imagine Pixar creature characters to express, which are Creatures in our real world, aside from unicorns and dragons, <laughs> that don't make those kinds of expressions. So it's wild to me that animators now know how to express through pigs and cats and bunnies, but not through human beings. So that was one thing that I found really took me out of it. And like, I couldn't take off my critic hat. <laughs> right. For sure. For that part. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I think aesthetically, I think aesthetically the animation is is clean. Uh, it's very. At times, it does feel very video game esque in terms of the weird, the world building stuff. But the the character design, it, it all felt very familiar to the things that we know and love from Pixar, Disney, the eyes, the the sort of cuteness, the the you know the Sony animation style. It it felt like a a sort of hybrid of all of those those styles mishmashed together to kind of help create its own look. But I totally agree. I think the creatures were treated with more attention to detail, rather than than Sam or even Hazel to a certain degree with with the expressions. I would even say though her face and her eyes are the weaker part of the animation. Mm. Her body did the movement and it did what it needed to do and it was exaggerated the way you 
animate yeah. humans in a, in an animated world. You know, our bodies don't bend that way, but when they make them bend that way, it's more an exaggerated movement. It's more exciting to watch. But in those um, moments of uh, like face-to-face camera work when it's right up at their face and you don't see anything else the only thing that's supposed to read is their facial expressions and they didn't at all the especially hazel her eyes were like huge and staring at sam but her mouth didn't really move a lot and her eyes didn't really move a lot her eyebrows didn't do a lot of moving it was just sort of Mm. flat so it was hard to read expression even if there's moments when um they're either really happy or like really sad those emotions don't read to me and I, I will say, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm myself personally, I'm not in the uh, animation <laughs> field. So by no means am I saying that it isn't incredibly difficult to make any of this stuff. Oh, I'm sure. Me I'm neither. Sure it <laughs> right. No, and yeah. I, I'm not saying you are, but I'm just saying at this point, f- from all the movies we've watched and all the incredible animated films that we're so lucky uh, to have watched and seen and the different animation styles and and different studios like consistently raising the bar on how good these movies look. Um, I mean, Justin, you and I uh, recently reviewed Netflix's The Sea Beast, and I think we discussed how just incredible that movie looked. But looking, thinking back to it, beyond the the universe and the world around it, the characters, the facial animations really did stand out, and I felt like. As imaginative as the land of luck was, it felt sometimes too clean. Sometimes mm-hmm. it was a little too void of life. Um, you know, Megan, just before we started recording, Sterile. we were talking about Pokemon. And, and even in the game, you know, Pokemon <laughs> Legends Arceus, if you've ever played it, you know, we, we've got these very beautiful but open and almost too open lands um, where we see a lot of characters on screen, but a lot of them all look the same. Right. And I felt the same way about this movie where the creatures, yes, they were animated and and looked really interesting, um, but a lot of them looked identical. And at no point in time, and and, and don't get me wrong, again, I know that that's like apparently like that's a really difficult thing to do in the world of animation is background characters and and, crowds. (laughs) Right. Crowds are very difficult and take a lot of work. But I think it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, the world didn't feel as lived in as a place that you would imagine it would have. Like, if it's been here for all of eternity, it should have looked a little <laughs> more like that. And and I think mm. they, I just felt like um, maybe that aspect of the movie was rushed from a, an animation standpoint. Maybe they, they really were like, well, listen, we'll tighten up the camera angles. We'll focus in on like maybe three characters at a time in the foreground. And then everyone else in the background can just be a copy of each other. Um, was a little disappointing because again, you get to the land of luck and you're like, this place looks like, like, like idea wise, it looks fantastic um, for mm-hmm. what it's trying to do. And then you sort of look a little bit closer and it's, it's just not getting there. Yeah. I, it's almost like when you first enter Zootopia the expanse feels so exciting, but mm-hmm. then it doesn't deliver, at least in this movie, it didn't deliver what I was expecting out of it. And with the crowds thing, you're totally right, Nate. It's it's a really difficult part of it, and we don't know what Skydance's budget was when they were making right. this movie, what their totally. timeline was. You know, Pixar has like five years to make a movie. Maybe Skydance had two, so it's a little more difficult to get that stuff done in that short period of time. Um, but I would even say as a comparison, like you look at Frozen 1 and its crowds, and there's maybe five total characters that are just repeated throughout the background crowds. And then you look at Frozen 2 and there's like, 
you know, cultural and ethnic diversity throughout their crowds. And they have like probably 25 or 30 characters that are copied a couple of times each to make the space filled. So, you know, I think Skydance has been around, but not as long as Pixar. And um, they did what they could with a, a, a new animated movie. And given, you know, John Lasseter's experience, but... Um, I think they have room to grow. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, portions of the movie were done remotely uh, during the pandemic, right? And so, I mean, we're still in the pandemic, but I hate saying during the <laughs> pandemic. Um, but, but no, I, I, I so I, 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 you know, I think part of me looks at that and says, okay, well, we can, we can sort of look a little bit past that. I think, again, there's so many strong points to the movie but but do they outweigh uh, the weaker points? And I think let's um, let's kind of get to our our final thoughts for the movie, where maybe we can uh, we can justify those thoughts. Uh, we're going to be rating this movie on a scale of one to five shiny lucky pennies. And uh, Megan, we're going to actually start with yourself. Absolutely. So with all of the you know animation issues I had, um, I myself am not an animator either, and I know it's intense work. But we, I can't help compare to things that I've seen that are, you know, a lot more experienced. So issues with the animation, the story took a long time to tell, but then didn't give enough, um, I don't know, reward, I guess, at the end. Um, yeah, the payoff. Yeah. yeah uh, but I still loved aspects of the story. Um I really related to Sam's character in certain aspects of her life as well. We've all been unlucky sometimes. And um, I think that was a fun part to relate to and to ground the story a little bit in this super fantastical world. Um, so with all that said, I am going to give this a three out of five shiny lucky pennies. All righty. Justin, how about yourself? Um, yeah, I, I think this movie is okay. It's it's a cute kids movie uh, that I think very young kids might connect to certain aspects, the more cutesy stuff, the more simple stuff. I, I, I do think, though, that it is a very convoluted story, uh, that it struggles to kind of stick to what it's trying to say because it has so much going on, especially with everything going on with trying to build out this land of luck. Um, I think a lot of people are going to watch this feeling like they've seen a version of this story or even just this idea of world building done better uh, before. Everything about this movie looks and feels like it's trying way too hard to be something that it's not. You know, there's there's certain aspects where we were just talking about the animation where it, it does look very clean, but also the world building aspects felt very video game-esque and a little, you know, as, as Nate, you were saying, just a little too clean, a little too sterile, not lived in, very dull. Um, and, and very much uh, a knockoff of the worlds that we've known and loved from Pixar, like Monsters, Inc., Inside Out, or, or even Soul, for that matter. Um, there's, there's a heavy amount of exposition, as I, was, as I was saying, and that only highlights the lack of clarity uh, that this movie has around building a, a confident story and a confident world. Uh, given that there's two sides to this world, the lucky side and the unlucky side, it seems as though they could have done a bit more at defining the bad luck. Uh, rather than letting it sort of fall to the wayside. Again, just another example of a story that is not fleshed out and a lack of confidence in the story that is being told. It really does come down to this movie feels like it's 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 emulating all the stuff that we've already seen on a scale that feels relatively low bar to Pixar. Um, and, and by someone like John Lasseter, who knows better, 
Uh, so I, I'm not really sure what he contributed to this. Uh, in the end, I think the target audience and, and all audiences uh, deserve better. Um, but, you know, again, we, we talked about some pluses. I really enjoy what they how they introduced Sam and Hazel into the story. I wish Hazel had stuck around for more of the story. I wish that story had very much been a part of it rather than just getting a lucky penny, whatever it is. Again, all of this really just comes down to poor execution and a lack of focus on what the story is really about. I think you know, this is a great first outing for Skydance Animation and Apple to have this collaboration. But at the end of the day, it's trying way too hard to do universe building stuff on a Pixar level and, and not really sticking to a story that connects with the audience, which matters so much more than just building out a world. Again, another lesson to learn from Pixar. But that being said, if you have an Apple TV subscription, you'll definitely check it out. You'll watch with the kids and I'm sure kids will enjoy it. But if you're like us and you're looking for a really heartfelt, impactful story like you might expect from other animated properties that you enjoy, I would not expect that from this this movie. Um, for that reason, I'm going to give this movie a two out of five shiny lucky pennies. Wow. Ouchie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I uh, I think, you know what, I'm. Uh, you mentioned... You know, if you're older and you're mature like us, I think I might be a little less mature than both of you. Uh, <laughs> I honestly, I again, I have my complaints with the movie, but the, there were every time I put that critic hat on and I saw that those aspects of the movie, something in it made me smile. Something in it made me giggle. Something in it made me laugh and feel a little bit of joy. And um, and I, I again, I, I get that we were comparing these to some of the heaviest hitters, but at the same time, again, and I, I think it's like right in our brains here with the CBs being so recent. That is, you know, not from a, a studio necessarily. Um, I mean, it's it's Sony Animation, but it's it's like a subsection of Sony Animation. So it's not like your Spider Verse or Mitchell's versus the machines that we know can bring the heat. Um, and so to see to see that studio sort of step up and and deliver um, a, a movie like that, um, I I think though again where this movie finds uh, a lot of there's a lot of problems with how it's like technically done I still enjoyed it uh, just as much I think for myself as I did with Sea Beast I think the I did really enjoy the creativity I did think that the the premise for the world was very original even if they didn't manage to uh, flesh it out as much as I wanted to. I thought the characters and 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 the the sort of the way they described luck was at a Pixar level quality in the sense of like how they managed to deliver that sort of creativity of just like the different jobs that they do and again like the different uh, you know the different sort of roles that luck has to play and how they portrayed good and bad luck. I thought it was just really inventive and fun and. Um, I smiled a lot during the movie. I think it's one of the more delightful movies you'll watch this year. Um, I do agree, though, that its lesser qualities do outweigh its strongest aspects. And I think it's it's just not going to quite get there. I struggle with my score on this. Um, <laughs> I want to give it a 3.5, but I think in the end... Um, I think you guys might be a little more right on this. I think it is a three out of five uh, shiny lucky pennies. Uh, as much as I really, really do think I enjoyed it a little more than both of you, um, I just think technically it, it's it's not bringing that. In. And maybe, maybe because I'm an adult, then I'm going to look at it that way a little more. So uh, we're going to go with three out of five shiny lucky pennies. 
Uh, but that is it. We hope you enjoyed this spoiler-free review for luck. And if you did and want to make sure to uh, you know subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Uh, and if you want to write into the show you know, with your thoughts on the movie or any of the content we cover, uh, Justin, can you let these lucky listeners know how they can reach us? Why, of course. They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if they're feeling extra lucky, they can reach out to us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT and on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. Getting lucky. I'm surprised that Britney Spears' is, uh, lucky <laughs> did not show up in this. In this I mean, movie. it almost was, did. We got a really dope <laughs> almost dance number. Got a musical number. Yeah. Again, they had to fit one in uh, at some <laughs> had point. To. Had to. Had to. I, had to. I really liked had that moment. Had to bring moment. it back around. <laughs> I really liked that I know moment. you did. It made me I, chuckle. And I think, I think you... <laughs> I think you meant to say you're you're probably more of a, a kid than you are mature, right? To enjoy this movie. Is that what you meant to say? <laughs> probably. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty immature. Uh, keep in mind, we have a ton of other yeah. great episodes covering the latest in movies and TV shows and games, including our spoiler-free review for Netflix's The Gray Man, as well as the uh, rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Uh, we also have our spoiler-free review for Prey uh, from Hulu and Disney+, Plus, which is a banger movie. Not a kid's gotta, movie. No, definitely not a kid's movie. Not a kid's movie. movie. Um, but, uh, if you're but, listening and, to this, don't listen to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and exactly. it's definitely not a Megan movie either. Megan, stay, oh, God, stay no. away. It's too scary. <laughs> um, but it's fantastic. Uh, keep an eye out as well because we're going to have our spoiler-free review for Netflix and Neil Gaiman's The Sandman out uh, real soon as well. Uh, also, we've uh, been incredibly lucky uh, lucky, very lucky, I would say. We're so lucky uh, to, <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying it, uh, to interview some of the coolest people who work for, uh, who work and make the things we love, um, like Obi-Wan Kenobi director Deborah Chow and Anakin Skywalker himself, Hayden Frickin' Christensen. Uh, I added the frickin', that's not a part of his name. Uh, we also <laughs> interviewed director Angus McLean, producer Galen Sussman, and Michael Giacchino from Disney and Pixar's Lightyear. Uh, so go check out those which interviews. Which is out now. Which is out now. Which is out now to stream. Disney Plus. Yeah. On Disney Plus. Yeah. There you go. You can there watch you go. it on Disney Plus. So. Um, again, we've, we've, we've been really lucky to chat with uh, these folks. Uh, lastly, we also have our weekly This Week in Geek episode every single Wednesday, where we bring you the latest news and trailer reactions from around the Geekiverse uh, with our latest episode where Kevin, Darcy, and I, uh, we sat down and, and discussed the recent announcement of Destin Daniel Cretton as the director of Avengers The Kang Dynasty, uh, as well as the most recent trailer for Andor, and we even discussed the uh, the recent trailer for the Spirit Halloween movie, which I guarantee will be way worse than this movie. Uh, <laughs> it does not look... <laughs> It's not look good at all. Um, yeah, but if you want a really a good laugh and you want to you want to laugh with us about it, definitely go listen to that episode. Uh, that was a really fun conversation. Uh, go <laughs> give all those episodes a listen and leave a five star review if you don't mind. Megan, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this review. And as we say, good luck and love you. Bye. Peace. <laughs>